my name is Mary, and I live in Bethany with my sister Martha and my brother Lazarus. There have been so many astonishing events that have happened over the last couple of weeks that I would really like to tell you about. And th- 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 there's been so much going on that it's, it's hard for me to even know where to begin. Except that it all begins and ends with Jesus. It's, it's just all about Jesus. You see, whenever Jesus came to Jerusalem, like for a feast or something, he would usually come across the Mount of Olives about two miles and come to our house in Bethany. He would stay with us just to get some rest from his busy schedule. And I remember his visits all so well. He was such a good teacher, and I learned so much from him. See, I'm, I'm kind of the bookworm of the family. I like to read and I like to study. My older sister, Martha, she is the hostess extraordinaire. She's a great cook, and I'm all thumbs in the kitchen. Uh, but Martha always presented our house and, and, and all of our meals together with such finesse, and she was so good at what she did. I like to read, and, and I'm kind of the, the, you know, the studier. And in reality, it's very hard for a Jewish woman to even study the scriptures. But I really wanted to know about God. And so when Jesus came, he would sit and teach me. He opened up the scriptures for me. Like a sponge, I would just sit at his feet and soak up every word. It was just, it was so wonderful. He didn't turn me away. He didn't even criticize my unusual thirst for knowledge. He was my teacher, and he was my friend. And then the miracles. Oh, the miracles. What that man could do. A few months ago, our neighbor, Simon, was suffering from leprosy. By law, of course, he had to leave his family and go live outside of the city. We knew that he was in very bad shape. But Jesus went out to see him, and he loved him, and he touched him, which was against the law, of course, and he healed him right there. He just touched him and healed him. It was just so amazing. And at that point in time, we said, yeah, certainly this is the Messiah. This man has to be from God. But even more than that, I have another amazing story to tell you. My, my brother, Lazarus, became very, very ill. He was, he was just extraordinarily ill, and it was so terrifying. Martha and I were so scared Finally, Martha sent messengers over to Jerusalem to find Jesus and to tell him to come to us as quickly as he could. But Jesus was delayed. He was delayed four days. And you know what? My brother died. He died. Martha and I said, only, if only Jesus could have been here, if only Jesus could have come earlier, he could have saved our brother. Our parents, you see, are gone, and so it's just the three of us in our family now. And I was devastated to lose my brother. 
several of the Jewish mourners came to our house from Jerusalem to visit us, to, to mourn with us, and to be with us at such a terrible time. You see, in our tradition, some Jews believe that the human soul remains with the dead body for three days in the hopes of returning to it. But four days? No way. Finally, Jesus and a number of his disciples came across the valley to us. When we saw him, Martha ran out to meet him. But I, I just couldn't do it. I stayed in the house. So much sorrow, so much grief, weeping and wailing. It was just awful. And then Jesus asked for me. He asked for me. I couldn't believe it. So when I went out to him, I realized that he was weeping too. I could not tell what he was weeping about, but I knew that he was emotional, that he was grieving for his friend. There was just something else going on in his spirit. And maybe he knew, maybe Jesus knew, even at that point in time, what was ahead of him. Then Jesus asked to be taken to our brother's tomb. Everyone walked there together, and when we got there, Jesus told the mourners to remove the stone in front of the opening. Really? I mean, after all this time, as Martha would say, there would be a terrible odor. Oh, my goodness. But after a prayer of thanksgiving, Jesus said in a loud voice that could be heard by everyone, let him go. And my brother stumbled out of the tomb, alive, truly alive. Jesus has raised my brother from the dead just by his verbal command. They untied the grave clothes, and there was no smell and no decay. I fell to my knees in amazement, for I knew that only God could raise a person from the dead. Martha was also astonished, but she's a lot clearer-headed than I am. She had already had great confidence in Jesus as the Messiah and great faith in him. And so Martha said to Jesus, I know that we will rise again in, re- in the resurrection at the end times. Hmm. Jesus turned to her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. The person who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die but will have everlasting life. (laughs) Wow. The great I am God. It is he who gives life. And so now Jesus says, he is life. And he just gave life to my brother. I saw it. And then I started to think about some of the teachings that Jesus had, had shared with us. I remembered that he said, don't be surprised at this. Very truly, I say to you, a time is coming and has now come 
when all those in the tombs will hear the voice of the Son of God and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. For as the Father has life in himself, he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And the Father has given him the authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Wow. We all believed. So we who believe in Jesus as the Messiah already have eternal life in the present. Eternal life is available right now, anticipating a future resurrection for all who believe. And we can enjoy eternal life both now and in the future. Because of Jesus, our future resurrection is confirmed. Now, what he taught was that resurrection is transformation. It's just a whole lot like a seed that grows into a plant. And resurrection is something that Jesus had to go through first, and then his followers will do so later. <laughs> perhaps, I just, it's hard to imagine, but perhaps this is the biggest miracle of all. We have eternal life now and are promised the resurrection in the future. <laughs> Pretty heavy stuff, right? So let me go on with my story. Just a few days ago, Jesus rode down the Mount of Olives from our house into Jerusalem. He he, he arrived in Jerusalem with all kinds of crowds, shouting with joy and celebration. Because we are all preparing for the Passover. And it is, it's, it's such a time of celebration. But Jesus went into the capital city riding on the back of a donkey. Yeah, that was Jesus. And then he went straight into the temple area because he loved to, t to teach there. People came from all around just to listen to him talk, listen to him teach. But he found money changers and greedy merchants taking advantage of all those people who were in Jerusalem for the Passover. Well, Jesus could not stand that. And he immediately cleaned out the temple And all the temple leaders were really upset about that. So the climate in Jerusalem was beginning to change rather quickly and rather dramatically. The Jewish leaders questioned Jesus' authority. And I even overheard rumors that there was a plot to kill him. People were listening to the good news taught by Jesus. And they were putting their faith in him. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were filled with rage and jealousy. And they were determined to get rid of him. The truth is, I was scared. I was beginning to feel real fear for his life. The Jewish leaders are very powerful. And the atmosphere in Jerusalem was thick with tension. Something in my spirit was really bothering me. And I wondered... 
if this would be the last Passover that we would ever share together. I, be, I realized, I really thought about it, and I realized that to give Lazarus life, Jesus put his own life into danger. So I really wanted to do something special for Jesus. I wanted to give him something. I wanted to show him how much I loved him. I wanted to, he has given us so much that I wanted to give something back to him. Well, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, and Martha planned a wonderful dinner in his honor with all his closest followers, including us. And I remembered an alabaster jar of perfumed oil that my father had given me when I was a little girl. It was a very special jar, and I know that it was worth a lot of money, maybe even up to a year's salary. People saved this kind of oil for a singular purpose, for preparing and anointing a body for burial. It was the most precious thing that I owned, and I decided to give it to Jesus. That night at dinner, Jesus was reclining at the table with his other disciples, with the other men. While the other women were preparing the dinner, I slipped in behind Jesus, and I anointed his head with my perfumed oil. I poured the golden liquid down his shoulders, all the way down to his feet. And then without thinking, I undid my long hair and I wiped the oil off of his feet. Indeed, to wash someone's feet was a very servile duty. And I was the only one of his followers that wiped his feet before our meal together. I was just completely overcome with love and devotion. The fragrance filled the house, and the other men immediately sat up and began to rebuke me for pouring the perfume oil over Jesus. One of them, I believe it was Judas Iscariot, said, he scolded me. He was so indignant that he turned around and looked at me, and he said, why are you wasting such a costly perfume? It could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Again, one of our customs is, that we would give to the poor on the evening of Passover. But I really don't think that, Jesus re- that Judas really had that in mind when he scolded me. Waste? Waste? Didn't they know? It was hardly a waste. Didn't they understand? I was so ashamed, and I felt so small. And then Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples. He rebuked them for disgracing me. He looked at me and he said, you have done a beautiful thing. Wow, what a contrast. I knew that he understood what I had done. While the tears were flowing down my cheeks, he turned to his disciples and he indeed told them that I was preparing Jesus for his burial. In reality, he understood even more than I did. He told everyone that whenever his story was told throughout the whole world, what I did would also be told so that everyone would know how much I loved him. 
Jesus was right, you know. There will always be opportunities to help those people in need. But that night, that night was really special. Perhaps, perhaps I thought it would be my last opportunity to minister to Jesus. There was a noise outside. Oh, during dinner, a large crowd of Jews had gathered outside of our house. They wanted to see Jesus, but in reality, they wanted to see Lazarus to certify that he had indeed actually raised Lazarus from the dead. The Jewish leaders sounded angry and hostile, and they even threatened death for Lazarus again. My heart just sank. I realized that Jesus had confirmed my deepest fears. Yes, indeed, I had anointed him for his burial. The next day, Jesus and his followers returned to Jerusalem to share the Passover meal, their last supper, together. The days that followed after that are sort of a blur in my mind. But I know that when darkness reigned, the Roman soldiers arrested him at Gethsemane. He was beaten, flogged, tortured. All of his friends deserted him. The Jewish leaders sent him to Pilate because they could not finish their evil plot. I could not believe that the same crowd that waved palm branches at Jesus' arrival just a week ago, we're now shouting, crucify him! And you know what? They did. They hung my Jesus on a cross. They ridiculed him. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. In shock, Martha and Lazarus and I watched from a safe distance. I'm not sure, but I think I smelled the sweet fragrance of my perfume on my hands. Or was it his blood-soaked head? As I watched my friend, my teacher, my savior, die on that cross, I actually began to agree with the disciples. Love is expensive. It cost him his life, infinitely more valuable than anything we can possibly imagine. Nothing I could have given him could surpass what he gave to me. Yes, love is expensive. Would you pray with me? Oh, Jesus. How can we ever say thanks for all the things that you have done for us? We pour out our tears and our love for you like expensive perfume. The fragrance of your sacrifice fills our minds and our hearts. Please help us to always walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We pray this in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, 
and Holy Spirit. Amen.